What's up, everyone? Chris Manning here with my co-host, Evan Damro. We're going to talk about Evan Mobley because he's back. The tallest, most important, most impactful to the actual Cleveland Cavaliers basketball team. Not to this podcast, but to the actual basketball team. Evan Mobley, he's back on Saturday. We're going to talk about that and more on today's show, uh, which we'll talk about Cavs Magic as well. And, uh, well, yeah, we'll get this done. Hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving. Let's get into it. <laughs> You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Evan Mobley. What's up, Evan? Not, but not the Evan we're going to talk about. You, We have an Evan talking, but because Evan is going to milk this for as long as he can, that the fact that there's a very good basketball player named no, Evan. No, I just wanted to um actually you, because he said the tallest Cavalier, but then he thought of the most impactful Cavalier. So I'm like thinking if you want to – is Jared Allen taller than Evan Mobley? Are they roughly the same height? I guess well, I Taco Fall exists too as well. Same height. But that's when he said most impactful, yeah. and I'm like, ah, never mind. My argument is nullified. Yes. But I know I'm not the most, I'm not the tallest. I'm a short king, you know. I, I yeah. accept it. I'm not like I'm trying to think of another short king. I'm not like Dana Radcliffe or um, Dana Radcliffe is all I can think of right now because of the Harry Potter New Year special that I saw the trailer for before we got on. So. Yeah, no, you a Potterhead. Uh, books over movies don't don't condone a lot of J.K. Rowling's takes about people of. Oh, J.K. Rowling is a piece of shit. Anyway, like, Evan, we're let's, I don't stuff. want it. We're already derailed. You've already derailed me. Happy yeah, this is this everyone. is what I'm absolutely thankful for. But Evan Mobley is back. Evan Mobley is going to he's probable technically, according to the official report. The expectation is that he is going to make his return on Saturday. Cavs magic. After a, a little less than two weeks out from his high bricks and the elbow, he missed, I believe, four games um, with the elbow, which is like I think a little bit lower than we sort of expected. Evan, this is a big deal. This is yeah. just this is just a big deal if he's back and is and is fully healthy and everything like that. Just this. Yeah, it really is. It is a big deal because you and I both thought that the Cavs would err on the side of caution and really like even Chris Fedor said like he wouldn't be surprised if the and Chris Fedor is probably the most plugged in Cavs beat writer out there. He wouldn't be surprised if the Cavs aired on the side of caution and really played this out for four weeks because the Cavs, the Evan Mobley is a valuable piece to this team. And why wouldn't the Cavs, you know, protect their prized player and, you know, the center of the franchise, both figuratively and literally going forward. But hey, if he's available to go, if he is available to play, it'll be fun. Uh, wasn't it necessarily looking forward to this Orlando Magic game? Like the guys in the chase down and, uh, uh, Suggs, Truther, Anthony Lima said this is the most fun losing streak the Cavs have ever been on. But um, it, this definitely juices up a Saturday night game that was seeming like it was just going to be like an ugly, not like an ugly win for the Cavs, but like an otherwise unremarkable win for Cleveland as they look ahead to where the rest of their schedule gets bumpy. So yeah, this this juices me up a little bit. I'm interested to see how he looks and interested to see if there's any limitations or restrictions on him heading forward as well, not just this game against Orlando. Yeah, I, I think him being back is just I – th I think it is the cl closest we have seen now the Cavs healthy. Like the Sexton part of this is obviously like the big um, part of this that is – I have a take. Well, I'm going to write about We'll get this. into it. Well, whatever take you have, we'll get into it. But I think in terms of like how healthy the Cavs are going – I said right, but we can talk okay. about it. It's cool. How I, I know you said right. I'm just saying we, we we also host a podcast. We have 30 minutes to fill, my good sir. We have, we have work to do here. Um, we got segments planned, though. Um, 
this is as healthy as the Cleveland Cavaliers will be. Mm-hmm. Aside from the Sexton part of this, like this, they are now oh, with yeah. Lamar Stevens probably back as well on Saturday. Yeah, Kelsey Russo did say that there's a good chance Lamar Stevens yes. will play. There is basically like a full toolbox of stuff for JB Baker staff to go with. He can play what he wants. He can kind of outline like the section part of this is still going to be an ongoing thing. I think they are still figuring out it is still recent enough where and, and obviously Moby is out for this. I don't think they know what their exact sort of best lineups and best looks sort of are without Colin Sexton. I think there's still an identity of the team. They're still going to have to figure out without Colin around that said, getting Mobley back, getting Stevens back as a guy that I think JB likes more than let's say Dylan Windler or Denzel Valentine is a potential like 10th, 11th guy ever in marketing has been back and love is back from COVID. This is now a team that, has its roughly like main roster stays. And now we can kind of see if, if they can stay healthy, avoid other injury bugs, just get a, hopefully get some good luck on that side. If you're them now, they're just kind of in a position where you can look at this and say, okay, now we kind of have our contingent. Now we kind of have the people that we want to roll with here. And, and the people we want to kind of ride with and figure this out. And Mobley is the centerpiece of that, obviously, because he's Evan freaking Mobley. That's true, and everyone listening and watching right now, I want you to find the nearest piece of wood as I knock on it and knock with me and saying that I hope the Cavs stay healthy going forward. This is a big test for them to figure out what kind of team they will be without Colin Sexton because, again, it's hard to replicate that 60, 16 to 20 to 20, 25 points per night scoring with him. Uh, yes, his numbers were in at or suboptimal to start. They, they, were, they his, were a little bit down. Uh, they were a little bit down. And for his... For, for his standards, they're a little down. So it's still hard to replicate that. So you're trying to really see, like Chris said, like J.B. Bickerstaff has really done a lot to try and hold this roster together. He was starting Dean Wade, a player who probably wouldn't be playing for this team if they were fully healthy. I mean, maybe he gets some spot minutes every now and then now with Sexton out. But Dean Wade did an admirable job starting at the three and playing a bit of three, four, and some five for the Cavs. And looked bad, looked good at times, but now JB and this Cavs team kind of has a fully loaded roster. I'm really, really, really interested to see the defensive potential of a starting lineup that features Okoro, Mobley, and Allen together. I think if you sparkle in, sparkle, sprinkle in Markinen and Garland as well, you have some fun three-point shooting. It's been reported. There's videos of it, of Mobley taking more threes. He's been taking, he was taking more threes before the elbow injury happened. So I'm interested to see if he keeps, keeps adding that to his shot profile as well. This is kind of a launching point for the Cavs. They were flirting with the playoffs. They are nine and nine, I believe, or nine and ten right now. So they are cratering back down to what feels like normalcy and kind of what the expectation should have been from the get-go for them. But maybe this gives them a little juice. Maybe it gives them gives them a little run. Like Chris said, it's Evan freaking Mobley, but he's the Cavs' best player without a doubt in my mind. And I think if you build off what you were already doing with him to begin with and keep going from there the Cavs could be cooking with grease again. And I'm just interested to see what this Cavs team looks like again, knock on wood, as long as they all stay healthy without Colin Sexton, because this is an ever evolving situation because that is the only certainty we know that a player is going to be out for the season. Now we have to see what this Cavs team looks like with Colin Sexton removed from the equation. I'm not advocating for anything like that about Colin at all. I'm just interested to see what they look like now that they're pretty much at full strength sans Colin. And we just kind of figure out what's what's going to happen next from there. Yeah, I, I'm curious to just see how JB decides to like, re, like they're obviously building around Mobley and with Mobley as we go here. But I think one of the things that's really interesting is just 
Evan Mobley is a guy that I think provides a lot of infrastructure. He provides a lot of like just he's going to provide a lot of what you want to do and create a bunch of that. And if you're the Cavs, like you now have the like you now the, the, what you basically formed the, the your identity um, with the Mobley Allen front court to start the year and now or backcourt. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Now you have that back. Now now you have those two guys yeah. again. Oh. Like you're in a position again now where you have those two guys. You have those two guys around, and you can like do some stuff with that. Evan, let's get into uh, some more of this after the break. But first, you gotta we have an ad read for me. Sure, we sure do. It's Thanksgiving season, almost holiday season. We know what that means: football. And nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. Bet online has you covered all holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus with promo code Locked On. In order to receive that welcome bonus, you have to use that pro- promo code. And it's not just football. BetOnline has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. And you can bet on the game between not just the Orlando Magic and the Cleveland Cavaliers, but the Ohio State Buckeyes and the Michigan Wolverines as well. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season and beyond. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, we're stuffed with deals this holiday season. Evan, as far as the rotation goes, um, mm-hmm. g- g- this is a good thought yeah. exercise because I was thinking about this on my drive back to my apartment. Yeah, so who, I, I think we would expect the starters to be Garland, Okoro, Markkinen, Mobley, Allen. Okay, Rubio's Correct. a lock. Love is a lock. Jetty Osmond has to be a lock to me. That's eight. Okay. Yeah. So that's you have eight. Not, let's just say they go up to at least nine. I would say nine is like the minimum that he's going to play. Um, is there someone that you would just consider based on play, based on just JB's trust in them, whatever? Is there is there a ninth guy in that pecking order that kind of stands out to you now that the roster is sort of rounded out? Lamar Stevens or Dean Wade, probably. I think Lamar, depending on how healthy he looks and how comfortable he looks coming off that ankle sprain, like it was a nasty fall he took. I thought he was done for the season. That's how bad it looked, so... Probably Lamar because JB Lamar Stevens is a JB Bickerstaff type player. He plays hard. He plays good defense. He can defend multiple positions. Um, cannot hit a shot to save his life, but he provides some slashing and some interesting stuff. But I think, like I said, Dean Wade, a player that probably would not have played if this Cavs team was fully healthy, has played pretty well for the Cavs when he had to start, and he has played well in extended minutes for them. And I think he has earned a punching puncher's chance to crack the rotation on a night to night basis. I think you have to rule Denzel Valentine out of the equation. Obviously Kevin Pangos is in the equation, RJ Nemhard, Taco Fall, um, Ed Davis will go back to the end of the bench as well and just be the good vibes, uh, end of the bench guy for the Cavs. So I think it's going to be Stevens or Wade. How about you? Mm, yeah, I, I think Wade has played well enough where like, I would like to see him continue to get minutes, but I also just feel like, like, I don't know if there's room for, like, him and marketing and love. Like, that's just a lot of, like, kind of overlapping stuff. Um, but it is J.B. Bickerstaff. He would play a lineup that is, like, Ricky Rubio, Jetty Osmond, Dean Wade, Larry Markkinen, or Kevin Love and, like, Evan Bowley. Yeah, I mean, I don't, like, think lineup. we exactly know some of that because I think some of it is just, like, 
him looking at this roster and being like, this is sort of how I think it fits. And I wonder if he would even look at that and say, like, I don't know if all of these guys fit. And especially like, I don't, I don't know if he would look considering he's a defensive mind and considering how much he has like played Mobley and Allen this year, like minutes wise, like Mobley's playing mm-hmm. 34 minutes a game. We've seen him play like 40 plus. Like I, I would be, some, yeah. it would be interesting to see if he tried to squeeze another big, like Dean Wade. Cause I'd be three guys who kind of all like, they're all, they're all different. They all have different skill sets and stuff. And Wade has certainly, I think, looked better on defense after some, some bad performances early, but like, that's another kind of overlapping guy. Um, Stevens would make some sense to me. I honestly like wonder if the answer is like slightly more Jetty Osman and then like a dash of like somebody else, because I think Jetty has just clearly kind of been, good and also to think just provides like something they sort of need right now without Colin. Like I think they're again they're still fine. This is a team that is going to be fun. Oh, who's 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 the guy that provides that dash though? Because you you said more Jetty Osmond than a guy who gets a dash more minutes. Who do you think I would that say guy probably is? more I just, yeah that's, I just that's think the thing. Like a, I think it's, a it's just it's it, a how wing. does his how does he look after his yeah it's a wing. How does he look? But it's just that's why I gave the caveat of he doesn't still look 100% right and he needs to ease back in because of that ankle injury. I think JB turns the Dean Wade in that scenario. The one the one that um, I think would just like solve a lot of the issues, but I just am sort of more and more out on is just Dylan Windler. Yeah, we should talk about him in the last segment. We have a good we have a listener who gave me a really good question over the holiday that we should talk about. But I oh my gosh, I Dylan Windler's just kind of been unremarkable with his time on the floor with the Cavs that he's kind of been phased out of my mind. He's been phased out of my mind for a while. And maybe if you had to pick a pecking order, would you have him or Dean Wade ahead of, like behind I think Dean Wade's been flat out better. So Dean Wade. Yep. Yep. You and I are hundred percent agreement on that. I think Dean Wade has played well. He has been hitting threes and at least he provides size and rebounding with like Dylan has just been kind of eh yeah. on the floor. The thing about Dylan Windler that I think is, is sort of worth noting is that like his shot per like, if you look at like his raw shot numbers, they are not um, like indicative of like the kind of guy you would think. But like, if you look at like the per actual percentage of his shot attempts, in like the 13 minutes and 12 games he's played, which is like not again, not very much. 61% of his shots are from three, 36 are non corner, 36% are non corner threes, and 25% are corner threes. So, like, he's mm-hmm. launching threes and like not doing anything in the middle and then taking the rest of his shots at the rim, basically. So, like, in theory, like, in the because effective field goal percentage is good in those minutes, like, it's just like I just doesn't feel like when I when he's on the floor, I don't always like there's been one game that I can think of where he was, I kind of felt like. I sort of felt like I knew he was there, which is kind of weird. Like, at least Lamar Stevens, like, you kind of feel like you know defensively he's provided something. Dean Wade has been, I think, useful on both ends of the yeah. floor um, since he's kind of been back. And that's sort of interesting. Well, again, we'll get to him in the third segment. Um, Evan, what what are you just broadly looking at for Cavs Magic? This is a, a, a – the Cavs are going to play, a, like, I think the worst team they've played this year. Um, the, I think the Pistons are worse than the Magic. I, I think they're both just bad. I think is it they're both oh, they're just, both, they're both just bad horrible. and the magic have just like some some stuff on the roster that's a little just like eh. it's like the new Star Wars trilogy. Okay. Um Rise of Skywalker wasn't great, but it's better than sorry, no, um The Last Jedi was better. It wasn't great, but it was a hell of a lot better than The Last Skywalker. But what am I looking for? I mean, I don't know. The Magic have a lot of fun, interesting players. Like they got Mo Bamba, who 
is playing well every now and then. They have Wendell Carter Jr., who has been like a bit of a revelation for them this season. Like he's playing really well for them. Um, they have like a lot of fun, young, interesting individual pieces. They haven't figured out how to put it all together, and nor do I expect them to. I think the Magic are one of the few teams who are actively trying to lose this season, other than Houston, Detroit, maybe New Orleans at this point. Um, it's just I don't have high expectations. I, I I expect this is a game I expect the Cavs to win before they go on this like brutal gauntlet of like Washington, Miami, and Utah and other teams like that. So. I'm just looking at those fun young pieces. I'm looking to see how JB kind of plays out this rotation a lot too. Like we were just discussing, like I said, it's a good thought exercise. Like how do you think this rotation work out for the Cavs? We should see Evan Mobley against some of Orlando's big men. Like there's a lot of interesting individual things. I'm just ready to watch maybe the Cavs play some good basketball and watch a pretty poopy Orlando team. Much like when I watched the Pistons take on the Cavs, I'm just like, dear God, they're bad. I didn't expect them to be this bad. Like you have to, believe see it to believe it kind of thing with Orlando. yeah i i think the the most fun thing for i think the couple things to watch beside for, aside from mobley for me um i i think we're just watching okoro's offensive game will continue to be a thing uh i want to see how the Cavs and, and marketing continues to look um just as far as like how he looks coming back from COVID and as far as as his shooting goes and i think the rotation as we've kind mm-hmm. of outlined will be a thing to watch until we kind of see jb settle into something because i think even with colin Around, I still think behind him, they were still sussing stuff out and trying to figure out what was what. Now I think they'll get a, a more of a chance to kind of to do that in theory. We'll see if they kind of can get there. Um, the other part of it that I would I would say is the the Magic do have some guys emerging. I think you know Franz Wagner has been one of the when I've caught bits of their games and, and watched a couple full ones. Like he's been really fun and like the highlights he's had have been really fun. He's he's been fun. Um, Sug still intrigues me. Like it, it's a well coached team by all accounts too. So like I, I at least should be kind of interesting. But if the cat, I will just say this: if the Cavs are going to be a team that does make a real run at the play in or the playoffs, they if they want to utter the p words out there and like put these are games these are games win. they have to win. If you're going to go through this next brutal stretch and you're going to play the long game here and say okay in in April and in March we want to still be in the thick of this. This is a kind of one of those games you got to check off. You've lost what like four or five in a row. You've got to kind of got to win this one. And I, I, th- I think if you're yep. going to be a team that's going to get there and kind of kind of try to navigate this tough stretch after you really navigated a brutal stretch to start the year and you have another one now, this is a game you got to win. Evan, we'll talk about uh, Dylan Winler. You'll, yeah. One last one last okay. one last question. Do you think how insufferable do you think Anthony Lima will be if Jalen Suggs out? I hope he just leans into night? it fully, honestly. I do too. I everything think it's is, hilarious. Everything I, is I don't. Pro, everything is serious, pro wrestling. But I think everything it's is pro wrestling at times. Um, that's it. Yeah. Gonna... Yeah. Speaking of pro wrestling, man, um, you gotta you gotta bulk up. You gotta beef up a little bit. And if you need to, I know you bulked up a little bit before Thursday's turkey after, trot using today's after, sponsor. I had one after in the after, car. Great. After. Um, look, it's the w- most wonderful time of year. It's Black Friday, um, and all through the weekend, Built is going to give you this Black. Friday, the most delicious Black Friday yep. ever had in the history of Black Fridays. They have new limited time flavors, new types of bars, and a winter wonderland of a deal. Do you want a high-end deliciousness protein bar at a discount? All through Black Friday weekend, get at least 20% off everything at Built.com. Enter the promo code LOCKED20. That's a new promo code, LOCKED20. New flavors. We have the Built Crave Bar. A Built, a, a built Bar Black Friday isn't complete without it. the word free. 
If you buy any built by any box of built bars through Sunday, and two of the brand new candy bars, Bill Crave for free. Just so again, buy two any two boxes, you get Bill Crave two boxes of their new candy bar for free. It has only 160 calories with 17 grams of protein. There's also a new flavor, Ruby Chocolate Puffs. That's marshmallow covered gooiness. It is covered in unique chocolate, Ruby Chocolate. This has never been done with Bill Bar before. There's dark chocolate, there's white chocolate, and now Ruby Chocolate joins the Bill Bar Club. It is a perfect rose color. That's perfect for the holidays. And it's an actual type of chocolate that has a berry taste to it. There's also lemon dip cheesecake puffs. You love lemon cheesecake? You're going to love lemon dip cheesecake puffs. And they're all covered in chocolate as well. Again, this is a great deal available through this weekend. Your best Black Friday deals are at Built.com. Tis the season to save and to give your taste buds the gift of Built Bar. 20% off at Built.com and two free curve bars. All at Built.com. Plus, you can get 60% off. Built Broth and Built Boost and 40% of Built Swag. Just enter the code LOCK20 at Built.com. Ooh, that was a lot. All right, Evan, read us this question. We do. This is from listener of the show, Spencer Hogan, who reached out and wanted to know why you think Dylan Windler is not getting consistent minutes in the rotation. It feels strange to him as a fan, and he'd love to hear our takes on why. Um, Chris, why don't you, you, you have a strong, or like I, I was kind of talking about already. I want to hear more of your thought processes on this. Like why is, I mean, there's a lot to unpack here, but why is Dylan Winther not really getting, I don't know if there's minutes? a lot. I think it's just that I think that the idea of Dylan Winther might be better than the actual reality of Dylan Winther. What? I think injuries have taken their toll on him and it's just kind of, it's valuable development time that the Cavs and Winther lost. And, I said this into the season. A lot of people are like, oh, why don't you have Dylan Windler like as a key piece in Cleveland's rotation? I'm like, yeah, if Dylan Windler can stay healthy, sure, why not? But let's just go through some of his recent games, just in general, what he has and hasn't done. I wish ESPN would thank you for working with me. So the most minutes he's played as of late was 22 minutes in the team's win over Detroit, which I mentioned was an ugly one. He had 8.7 rebounds, four assists, one block, two of five on three point shooting, three of seven shooting in general. I mean, not the most remarkable game, of course. He probably played most of that in garbage time because the Cavs were up pretty considerably against the Pistons. Um, and, but other than that, another notable game was when they played Portland, and that was probably the best game he's had this season. He scored 13 points on four or five shooting, three or three from three, one rebound, three assists, one steal. One turnover. He's getting minutes, but yes, you can see after the Portland game, he only played 11 minutes against Toronto, and then he played 17 minutes against New York, 13 against Washington, 22 against Detroit, 12 against Boston, 11 against Boston, 12 against Brooklyn, 18 against Golden State, 8 against Brooklyn. And most of those last few games were close games. The Cavs were kind of in down the stretch, and I think J.P. Bickerstaff tightens up his rotation. He knows players, and the, he plays the players he trusts, and I think he leans more heavily on his key guys and his stars who can kind of elevate this Cavs team. Or if like you have games like Dylan did against Portland and he's kind of hitting his threes early, maybe you let him run out there a little bit more and get a little bit of burn. But if he's not hitting his shots, it's a pretty easy way just to kind of pull the hook on him and move forward with what else you have. He is, I think just has to be a guy that when he shows up on the floor, he's going to have to like actually do stuff. Again, the, the metrics would tell you that he's taking more threes than maybe you would expect, but he's not playing a lot of minutes. I don't necessarily, nope. I wouldn't necessarily dispute the fact that like, you know, you should, I, I, I think I wouldn't dispute the fact that like, he's a guy that like, it's hard for him to necessarily like find his footing in like 20 minutes, especially as like, 
the last couple weeks, there's been a lot of Cavs stuff, Cavs offense that has been like can Darius Garland or Ricky Rubio or sometimes Jetty Osmond just sort of create something and like maybe find the one open guy mm-hmm. to the right of them or like one pass away or like two passes away. And like it's nothing that is really like crazy, right? Like it is nothing that is like kind of opening things up. I also would wonder if like you're in a different circumstance. If you were, if a different coach maybe would have like leaned, like obviously the injuries and him missing a bunch of time has not helped this, as you, I think you rightly said. And just his, the start to his career has just been yeah. hard in, in a way for him to kind of get traction in the league. I think that's just kind of indisputable. But I would also just like, no, I wonder if there's, if a different coach would like look at Allen and Mobley and sort of the defensive infrastructure and say, can I like put Winler on the floor just to give a shooting and like cut back a little bit on Okora's minutes or cut back a little bit on Markkanen's minutes? But there's also just like the tangible things mm. like you're already extending certain things with Love and with Markkanen. You have a you'd still have kind of a need for like a defensive wing. I, the problem solving here to me is just not like a clear. He fill he he would fill a need in theory, but it's like I we do you know if he actually does it? No, and I think you're already kind of got a weird roster that is performing well for like better than expected yeah. but it's still sort of like being organized and figured out in real time yeah that's the tough thing and then like in the grand scheme of it all where do you see evan mobley is evan mobley play the three and like i like i like chris's point where you say okay if this was a different coach maybe wasn't as defensive minded as jv bakerstaff would he throw a windler out there and maybe cut back on a coral's minutes but no i don't think Windler is able to play defense nearly as well as isaac Okoro. like there's a no dip in the night there and i think the other thing is we might see more Dylan Windler minutes if Jetty Osmond wasn't playing so well this season too. Because let's say Jetty has just completely falls flat on his face to start the season and we get the Jetty Osmond of last year. I think maybe we see JB Bickerstaff turn to Dylan Windler more to see more so what the Cavs have there. And if they don't have anything there, that's when they turn to Denzel Valentine. And if that doesn't work, then you start to say, well, shit, we don't really have much depth on the perimeter here. Larry, you're going to play a hell of a lot more minutes at the three. We're going to play more Evan Mobley at the three. Even Kevin Love will play some three in spot minutes too. Like, it's funky roster construction because the Cavs have a lot of salary committed to their big men, so clearly they're prioritizing that. And then they also have to lean heavily on Garland and Rubio and when Sexton, he's available too. It's unfortunate. And like I said, when we first started discussing this, I think if Windler didn't get hurt prior during Salt Lake City Summer League, and it's just kind of been a steady decline in terms of health for him since, and again, knock on wood that he stays healthy, he's remained for the most part, healthy this season, but I think it's just kind of sapped away the potential and development time where more or less Dylan Winler is still playing like this is his rookie season, but we are entering the almost second or third seat, the third season of his career at this point. So the Cavs at this point, I mean, my stance has always been that the Cavs can get something from Dylan Winler. Great, but I don't really expect them to, and I'm not going to lose much sleep over the fact that he's not getting minutes in this rotation because there's a clear dichotomy and pecking order in this roster and rotation already about one through eight. And I think you should be more focused on those eight guys and how they grow and develop together, especially the younger pieces of Allen and Mobley and Garland and Sexton when he is healthy again and Isaac Coro and those guys. And you move forward with that. And then, like I said, hey, Dylan Winler, you're able to provide us something. That's awesome. And at the end of the day, it's also he was the 26th overall pick in 2019. I think historically, like, yeah, some teams are having more hits than misses later in the first round. But 
it's a bit of a crapshoot when you take a player. And again, like the Sexton thing, people ask me, why didn't he take the money when he signed his extension? You can't predict injuries. I don't think the Cavs saw this coming when they drafted Windler, neither did he. And it's just unfortunate that we're still having this discussion of saying like, yeah, now he's healthy, but there's not much there anymore. And it's just kind of a shame because like Chris said, the idea of Dylan Windler makes so much sense for this Cavs team, but you watch the actual player in Dylan Windler and you're like, okay, you got to do a little bit more to actually make yeah. more sense. And just look, here's this the reality of him. Last, obviously missed his whole rookie season. Last year only appeared in 31 games, played 513 minutes. This year he's appeared in 14 games, played 166 total minutes. By comparison, let's just say Isaac Okora picked last year, obviously, played 2,173 minutes as a rookie. He's already played 362 minutes this year. Like that, like for a guy that is in year three. And you know what does get his team option picked mm-hmm. up? Like theoretically, could still be around and stuff. Like could still be on the edge of the roster. He just hasn't played a lot of minutes. Um, Evan, I'm gonna give. This is actually something I've been wondering. That I just I don't know if they would do it. I don't know if I, I don't know if we're there yet in terms of how the league works with some of this stuff. I think a 10 game G League stint could do him some good. I was actually just about to ask you that. I don't know the exact I, I, time window yeah. that opens, but like I think it'd be beneficial for the Cavs and Winlow to send him down to, to the charge and let him just play 25, 30 minutes a night with the charge and really get a sample size of where he's yeah, at. Yeah, I think player. it could make sense for him. I think I don't even think it'd be a bad idea for Lamar Stevens if I'm if I'm keeping it honest. Like I don't think those guys mm-hmm. are like above. Uh, doing that for them because I think it's just you get some actual reps, you get your like, legs under you a little yeah. bit, and then like you know what, like like again, like will it necessarily be pretty, and like could you could you have to like pull one of them earlier if an injury happened? Sure, but like like if you had to go like five games because you just want to put them in in on the charge and and like let them play for a little bit, and like this isn't to like mess with like what the guy, I'm because I you know I can understand if you're like okay, we really want to develop certain guys in the charge, but like you're investing more money and time at a much higher level on these guys in your actual roster. If you go put them down there. And J.B. Bickerstaff has made it explicitly clear the reason he pushed within the organization with the charge up here is to allow him to rehab players with the charge. Uh, yeah. Might as yeah. well use yeah, it. Not, Windler's not like a classic like coming off of injury rehab case, but it's a guy that clearly like has not had a chance to play like actual basketball. Like, he would have been a guy I know they didn't go and send him because of you know just kind of injury concerns. COVID bubble No, stuff. he would have been a great summer league guy. Oh yeah, that too. I think nope. until last year's like uh, no, no, no. He would he would have been a like, like like Stevens was at summer league. Obviously, Windler would have been a really good summer league Cora guy. To me. Just get like play thirty yeah. minutes, play like four games in span of a couple days, get some work in. Would I? They didn't send him. I think because he got married right around the time summer league happened, and there he was coming off of injury. So it's like okay, we're gonna be ultra cautious, not rush this. Yep. Would have been a really good summer. Would have been a good experience for him. I think. Yeah, and clearly the Cavs see something there with Dylan Windler because they picked up his contract option. Like they they could easily have declined that and let him become a free agent after this season. But they're gonna let him stick around for at least one more year. He could be a trade ship in their eyes yeah, if he's, that's the case. He's, but if, if we're being like if I'm gonna be cynical about this, it's that it's like very cheap labor who they could throw into a trade yeah. to add up other salary to match something else. Yep. I mean, yeah, that's the grand scheme, yes, that's probably why they did it. Like he's it, salary. It, it, it is. It is always both. It is never one or the other. This is this is both. Nope. Yep. So at the same time, like clearly the Cavs still see something there too, where 
it's beneficial for all parties involved. I think like there's nothing insulting. Like you said, like even Lamar Stevens could benefit from where Lamar Stevens was on a two way contract last year and got his money guaranteed this year. Um, but none of it's fully guaranteed. Like he could get waived tomorrow. And like, it's not a bad thing to be sent down to the G league. Like Chris said, play five games. You pay like play like 30, 31 minutes a night, because let's be frank, taco falls averaging like monstrous numbers in the G league. Like, and he's dominating the competition at that level. But if you sent him up to the Cavs and you expected him to say, okay, Taco put up 21 and 11, he wouldn't do it. So these are valuable reputa- reps that they can, these players can get in. Dan Jarreau's running the same system JB's trying to run. He is at every game picking the brain, kind of taking tape and footage and notes of what they're doing to figure out what they are and what they can continue to work on down in, keep on to say Cleveland with the charge, or sorry, not Cleveland Canton, but with the charge. And, yeah, I would not be opposed. Like that's that's what I was gonna say. Is like, do you think it'd be beneficial for Dylan Wendler to go down there? I think it 100 would be beneficial for Dylan Wendler to spend some time with the charge, and then maybe because yes, you get an idea of what he is and isn't in practice, but that isn't going full bore, and you're also getting a look at him against different defensive systems, schemes, and coaches, and competition as well, instead of just your own guys in uh, a controlled yep. environment. All right, that is gonna be it for this episode of Locked On Cavs. I'm Chris. He's Evan. Uh, we'll be back on Monday after the Cavs play the Magic, and we'll look ahead to a very very busy week of Cavs basketball. Until next time, this has been Locked on Cavs. Everyone, hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Hope you had, continue to have a good weekend. Stay warm out there. It's getting chilly in Cleveland, Ohio. It is. Um, it's getting I'm going to be running near the lake on Saturday, and I'm not looking forward to it. going to suck. Anyway, everyone, be well.